Hey everybody, thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. My name is Danny Cola. If this is your first time listening, make sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so that you can join me in having some epic conversations that access higher levels of potential with creatives and professionals from all around the globe. Thank you so much for tuning in. My guest today is my friend Michael Larkin, and he is the host of the official LFC podcast, and that's the Lingerie Fighting Championships podcast. He does a great job being the host of multiple shows like the Steve and Mike show and the Max Wrestling podcast. He's just an awesome guy. Every time we get together, we have fun. We take trips down memory lane as far as some of the shows and the music and some of the pop culture that inspired us growing up in the uh, 90s and early 2000s. It's really fun to kind of go back into those days and see and feel and recall some of those emotions that you might have felt uh, because those types of things that we saw on TV and uh, the people that we looked up to sports wise and you know movies, comic books, music, CDs, the, the, the change of evolu- the evolution of technology. It impacted us, not you know those of us that are in our late 20s, early 30s, you know late 30s early 40s and the list goes on and on we have a great time having a conversation uh, we get deep so hopefully this type of information resonates with you because it impacts the person that we're becoming so enjoy the show if you're interested in checking out some of my content on instagram check out danny cola fitness kettlebell movements steel mace movements m- mobility body weight some restorative workouts that might complement your heavier more intense workout days so yeah check out dannycolafitness.com and look out for underground fitness studio to open up this holiday season that's gonna be my holistic health facility private fitness studio that's it everybody enjoy the show okay mike larkin danny cola podcast it's been a hot second since you've been on here last uh thanks for doing this again man welcome that's my pleasure i had a fun time talking pop culture with you the last time and now a lot's been going on since uh 2019 so man i'm ready for this dude uh speaking of pop culture how important is it to go back in the archives and have conversations about the fucking 90s right I think it's very important. I mean, that's our childhood and what a lot of people that really are like into. And I mean, for nostalgia, for the newer generation, they get introduced to something that you are not familiar with or you've heard about, but you don't really know about. So I think it's great and also gets a chance for our youth nowadays to learn about some stuff. So it's a learning experience for both ends. Definitely. I think it's a great learning experience. Like it's also good to like just remember where you came from and all the shit that impacted you because it morphed you to the like. It morphed you to kind of like figure out what you like and what you want to be and who who you want to be and how you want to treat people and like what uh, like what Power Ranger were you attracted to the most besides the Pink Ranger? Obviously, we were attracted in that regard. But as far as like ability and like positioning in your team and like where your tribal DNA says that you are like which Power Ranger did you cling to the most? Man, I like the black ones. Whatever Power Rangers that there were, I really could. You know what it is? Every one of them had an impact on you, whether it be black, blue, what have you, or pink, of course, being the. Track. Yeah, definitely. But what what did you like? Where did you see like you fitting in? Because you know what we do when we were kids, like we constantly f- use our point of view and see 
like us in that circumstance. That's why like suspense movies are awesome because we always psychologically picture ourselves in that position. So like I always gravitated towards the Red Ranger, like the leadership, like that's just me. Like it's in my DNA. Like I fucking wanted to be like the guy who's on stage and doing like eyes on me. Like I like that for some reason I like the connection as a, as a leader. I like communication. I like pattern recognition and people's behavior like did you find that you had a uh you know a certain energy that you gravitated towards in any character didn't have to be power rangers but like anything like that well it's funny that you mentioned that because i think red ranger also would define me i think anything that you were in like a authoritative role or like a leadership role because as a kid i i've always wanted to empower people inspire and encourage people and help people so i knew the leadership role is something i wanted to do because god has put me on this planet that we call earth to help people i think that's my purpose in life whether it be through podcasting or through my overall verbiage hell yeah yeah right like we all have a a little bit of that altruistic DNA, like we're all doing something so that we can contribute to the masses in our s- small way that we can. You know what I mean? Oh, I absolutely know what you mean. I mean, I looked at it from when I was when I was getting into like high school or whether I was getting into junior high. I always looked at myself like I mean, I saw my surroundings and I saw people kind of going through phases or what they kind of emulated from TV. But for me, I'm like, I like what I like. And after a while, it's just like, fuck what anybody else says. I mean, you're in your zone and you want to focus. And that's where I feel like I am today, you know, focusing on the goals and not getting caught up in the bullshit. And I think a lot of people need to realize that don't get caught up in bullshit. Just focus and just stay on your path, grind, shine. And I think don't let any distractions get to you. No matter how much we don't let distractions get to us, uh, it still can be bothersome. Like I remember when I was growing up and I was like a huge NSYNC fan and it, and I was 13 year old boy, like a alpha male boy, but like I was openly interested in like telling people and dancing to NSYNC, right? Like Uh I fucking like that shit. And even though that it, I liked it and I wasn't afraid to like tell people and show people, it still had an impact on me because I knew there were like ill thoughts or like negative thoughts towards me from groups of young boys you know and like that was in my back of my head the whole time and it like made me hesitate sometimes but I still fucking did my thing you know and I don't know that the people thinking about doing something that they love or passionate about like um, the people who hold back they think other people just do it easily like those people that are doing it feel the fear too they're just saying i don't give a fuck they're not trying they're trying to not be uh distracted and they say fuck the distractions and they still do it but still it takes a toll like as a podcaster as somebody who's a front man how much pressure do you put on yourself and do you feel regularly well, going back to just the NSYNC for a second, like I was a fan of Bastard Boys and NSYNC and you have to worry because, you know, people are going to say, oh, you're a male and you like this. That means you're a homosexual. Not necessarily. It just means that I like music. But as a that was definitely the stigma, like for sure. I was like, oh, you're gay. And, and you know, as a young as a young kid trying to figure out their, their stance in society and like as you're trying to make a name for yourself in these small groups growing up in school, like you feared almost that negative 
connotation or whatever it was. Of course, you want to have that level of acceptance. And I think we want to have that in life and in podcasting as like a front man. And what I do, I mean, I'm be honest with you. We're not going to please everyone. There's the old song. You can't please yeah. everyone, but you got to please yourself. So with that, I mean, obviously it's going to get to you, but you have to learn how to block it out. For me, there's a don't give a fuck attitude, but it's like, dude, I'll be honest. Sometimes it gets to me, but you know, oh, yeah. at the end of the day, you can count how many friends you have on one hand, but there are going to be supporters. There's going to be the rider dies with you. And that's really all that matters in the end. For sure. Yeah, dude, that's, that's important to talk about. It's important to dissect because nostalgia is important. And like, I think that's a big reason why we like to dip, dip, dip back in our past. And like we get, um, I don't know. I, it's just excited to, to think about those things that made us all jacked up and excited to, uh, you know, partake. Whether it be music, whether it be shows, like when they, they would do shows like after school specials and they would focus on drugs. Habit. It's what's in real life, man. Drugs, sex, rock and roll, what have you. You can relate to that. If you're doing something that people can relate to through podcasting shows, what have you, and have a look back on it and realize that you're kind of doing what you saw on television, what you saw and whatever endeavor that it may be. I think it really helps and it sets you for the path that you're going to go through on this thing that we call life. So that being said, what type of uh, hosts were you attracted to like the Carson Daly's of the world, the Dave Holmes, uh, Dave Letterman's, what type of like podcast hosts do you see yourself emulating or, you know, who inspired you? Well, Carson Daly won because I love the TRL countdown, how he just projected and how he was, and he would just have fun with his guests. I just like to protect it. Obviously, David Letterman, your Johnny Carson's, your Jay Leno's. I really just like having fun and giving the serious side as well, providing for the guests and giving the platform, asking the hard-hitting questions, asking the questions that people want to hear. So from that aspect, I kind of gravitated towards them. And then you look at like for Sirius XM, you could have the fun like the Howard Stearns. But for me, I mm. would pour into the Carson Daly because, again, music videos, you're counting down. You're meeting all these celebrities and you have those fans that when you would go to the wall, everybody would scream. They would be rejoice over it. But I was always into like the Carson Daly's and stuff like that. And Dave Holmes, of course, say what karaoke, my goodness. <laughs> like those, those VJs, they call them yep. video jockeys. Those guys, I don't know. I thought Carson, Carson's still doing his thing. Like, I feel like he's the perfect balance of like authentic, but also like TV programmer. Of course. You know what I mean? Like Ryan Seacrest, for example, is way too radio host, TV host guy. Like, hey, look at me. Like, he's one of those guys. Yeah. And I feel like Carson Daly's a little bit more like down to earth. Like he was friends with all the big superstars growing up. And he was just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's Justin Timberlake right here. What's up, bro? <laughs> and that's the thing. You have to be down to earth. And I mean, with Carson Daly, I mean, he was the luckiest guy around around that time. He was dating Christina Aguilera, for God's sake. Was he really good for him? Yes. And I mean, oh yeah, that that yeah. Eminem that Eminem line. Uh, who do you think Christina Aguilera? Who do you think Christina Aguilera gave head to first, Fred Durst or Carson Daly? Yes, and then you know, better switch me chair so I could sit next to Carson Daly and Fred Durst. Yes, that's that's how, that's how I'm taking. That's how I'm ta- asking. So, do you think that Christina Aguilera gave head to Carson Daly first or Fred Durst first? 
Uh, I'm going to say Carson Daly on that one, man. You think Carson Daly beat Fred Durst to the punch? I don't know, dude. Fred Durst is like a bad boy. Remember he, that guy? He is. I mean, did it all for the nookie. I mean, Christian Aguilera said it back. Boss, looking for the cross. Landed in the land of the lost. Remember yeah. that guy? They called me in together. <laughs> what? What? I'm glad I didn't hear you. <laughs> dude, it's the 1999-2000 vibe. But, yo, he didn't get no nookie. So, I think she went more for Carson Daly. And, I mean, I like Fred Durst, too. But then you look at the 2000 VMAs, and then you know the Hell yeah, I'm living life in the fast lane while she's singing Come On Over Baby. So, yeah, I, I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, dude. What a fucking fun time. Yeah, and uh, 20 years. Yeah, go ahead. We're going 20 years on this now, and I still can't believe it. But still, it's a fun time to reminisce because this is what you saw. The 99 VMAs, I remember freaking the Backstreet Boys, and they're, well, they went from I Want It That Way acapella to Larger Than Life. Eminem and Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg ain't nothing but a G thing. My name is Guilty Conscious. You're living in a hell of a time right here. Yeah, it was a fun It was a fun time. That was like when technology started to rise, the the this the phone, the computer, DSL internet. Yeah, Hell net. yeah, DSL internet. Did you have that first? Uh, I think I had the DSL inter- yeah, I had that first and then I remember Napster coming around and I'm like, "You know what? This is fucking cool." And I liked Napster. I mean, obviously with uh, Metallica didn't like it very much, but it was in Dude, who didn't like Napster besides uh like well, yeah, like those, like obviously artists didn't like it because it cut their funding. And obviously, you know, in a time like this, too, when the coronavirus is shutting down businesses and telling people to stay home and everyone's not going out, living their life, it's a different time. Like when income is cut, you find different ways. And Lars Ulrich was like, wait a minute, you guys aren't going to steal this music? Was this file sharing shit? Hell no. Like this is how I get this is how I get paid. Exactly. How I get, you know what I'm saying? That's how I get paid. And look, when your money goes down and it's cut from you, you got to get creative, man. Yeah. But the times are changing. Yeah, we're in, we're more of in a time now where everything is, you know, social media, YouTube, this and that, and being more content creative with your stuff, with channels and stuff. Like the art of a music video is pretty much lost because you can't, you know, like when you had making the band and making the videos and shows like that. I love that because you get a behind the scenes aspect. Now you have your vivos, you have this, and any vid- music video could be on YouTube just like that. Mind you, it's it's there's pros and cons to it, but man, I just remember the lost art of just doing it from back in the day. And like I said, like when Justin T Justin Bieber, excuse me, got discovered, I mean, YouTube, he's singing Brian McKnight's back at one, but I mean, a lot of these artists went through record labels and shit, but I'm just like, it's a different time, man. Yeah. It's weird. Except have you gone on Netflix? Are you a Netflix guy? I, I do enjoy me some Netflix. Yes. Do you, they have like, they're trying to remake these, so to speak, reality TV shows. So when it first came out, maybe there was a little bit more of an authentic approach, approach, mm-hmm. you know? And if you watch these reality TV shows now, this garbage that's on the internet, have you watched Love is Blind? I tried, but every time I think of Love is Blind, I think of even Faith Evans, and it'll take over your mind. What you think is love, you never find, but you can elevate and find Love is Blind. But no, I mean, I tried, man. I'm like, nah, I couldn't get into it. Yeah, uh, it's it's awful. It's the worst TV I've ever seen in my life. You know, you watch it with the wife, and she wants to see it, and it's just like, shit. You know what it is too? Like I was a reality guy, like watching when I used to watch on VH when like the Rock of Loves, the Flavor of Loves, and the whole night. Yeah, that's when it started to get stupid. That's when it started to get really silly. It is, and then you had the fucking Tool Academy for God's sake when their girlfriends are taking, <laughs> trying to make their boyfriends better and shit. And just like, oh, it's like they're literally finding anything they can just to make a reality show. Yeah, now it's really 
it's just it's just trash. Okay, but then they got they got YouTube shows, which like you know you watch a podcast like Joe Rogan. You watch Rogan ever? I like Joe. I think you get to find a lot of deep meaning in this stuff, and he does a lot of great topics on his show. I've been a fan of his since the UFC and commentary, and when he was on Fear Factor. Yeah, dude, Joe Rogan is the shit. He's been somebody that I've like tried to model myself after as a podcaster, as a host, and I just love how he's so authentic. And that's that's what reality TV is to me. Like I've always tried to pay attention to what to understanding what I'm interested in and like what types of things stimulate my thought patterns and uh, you know force me to be better. As you were saying earlier, mm-hmm. like a guy like Rogan's perspective, he's hanging out in the center, looking at all the positives from a bunch of different angles looking at how things can harm us from a whole bunch of different angles. He just freely openly talks about shit. Doesn't have a problem with changing his mind. Like that's an elevated human. That's an elevated and he's not right all the time, right? Obviously. <laughs> I'm not saying it's a, it's not a matter of being right. It's a matter of having open discussions that are free and authentic. Cuz then like you can open up a whole bunch of doors to how we can help humanity. Like that's, it's this unbiased approach. It's a lot of, a lot of TV today, Fox news, CNN, all this shit that's on TV. It's, it's biased. The people putting that on want to sway an audience, a certain direction. It's, it's almost like how you control a group of people. (laughs) It's weird. It's almost like cult, like in a way, like they kind of force your beliefs on them. But what's interesting is too, like when I watch the Joe Rogan thing, I like to model myself and I know you do as well, Danny. It's like, we have to be more open-minded. Let's have an open free flowing discussion about this. Let's look at it from all angles. Cause not everything is a black and white or an open and shut case. Let's analyze, dissect and decipher this. Let's see, cause there are gray areas in this and let's see what we can do to define and really analyze the situation instead of just, Oh, this is how it is. Done deal. Blah, 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 blah. Let's actually analyze, dissect and decipher it. Yeah, let's do that. And you know why? Uh, that isn't something that's promoted a lot. It's because it's easier to control a group of people that don't think for themselves. Listen, I'm all about higher levels of self-awareness, higher levels of understanding how energy is in form through emotion, through uh, physical objects. Like that is interesting stuff. And if you don't do exercises to learn to think for yourself, you're never going to have those capabilities to be like, oh, wait, this doesn't feel right. You're just going to go along the lines of what you're being told. And in this day and age, there's information from all different angles. And for you to understand and decipher things to the best of your ability so you can paint a clear picture of what your reality is and how to manipulate that situation for your better your betterment of your family or for yourself or whatever like that's what we have to do that's why we have podcasts that's why you and i are talking right now Mm -hmm. to have you know in-depth conversation and i think that's what rogan does a really good job of and i think that's uh you know a lot of guys do a really good job of this jordan harbinger also although I, i do think he's a little bit more like he's really uh put together like ben shapiro he's very prepped he's polished i guess is a right is the right word how much uh effort do you put into your pre-planning for the lingerie uh football show well with lingerie fighting championships and lfc with women's mixed martial arts what's great about lfc is i know about the product like it was a mockumentary 
that, you know, that got big. You know, you have women in lingerie, beautiful women. <laughs> a lot of people don't realize, like, these there's these girls were, like, they train at Syndicate MMA, which is Ken Shamrock's gym in Las Vegas. You're in the fight capital of the world uh, with professional wrestling, and Greg Frito, who's trained with the Mayweathers, has helped train a lot of the girls for one of the events. But there's a lot of planning that goes into it. I'm like, I want to give these girls the platform, not just because, obviously, they're sexy, they're beautiful, but there's a story to how each and every one got into LFC. So I want to touch upon this. I want to touch upon the fights and I want everybody to be aware of the surroundings and what goes into said lingerie fighting championships. That is LFC. So I prep a lot. I write notes. I wrote it on, I wrote it on paper. I write it on, you know, I wrote it on, I write it on my phone, Danny, and I really am very free flowing with it. So I like to have that conversation engage with each and every one of the girls. That's cool. How long are your shows typically? Uh, man, I could go a little bit over an hour, but sometimes we go about like, I'll say 40, 50 minutes. That's cool. And uh, how long have you been doing this? Uh, man, I got involved with LFC. It's a funny story because Allie Baby Doll Parks, who's one of the girls, a.k.a. Allie Parker, she's a professional wrestler. Uh, she gave her brother a kidney. And um, I got. Ooh, yeah. Wow. I mean, dude, that's like that's some noble shit. That's some primal shit. Hell yeah. If I can help out a member of my family with one of my organs to keep him going. Jesus. Of course, man. And I mean, from her, like when she had a fight not too long after then, you could see like the scarring around that area on her abdomen. Wow. Fighting with a, with just one kidney. What a beast. Fuck yeah. And the thing, <laughs> the thing about it is too, Danny, is I did that interview and I got interested in lingerie fighting championships because she promoted it on social media. And then I got to seeing this. I'm like, wow, this is very unique and this is very cool. And then I started doing more interviews with them for my show on the Mike with Mike. And then Sean Donnelly, I love him to death, LFC CEO, said, hey, Mike, you want to, you know, want to be the official podcast host. And I've talked to my boy, Van, who does a lot of the web designing. And here we are one year now, uh, 45 episodes in, and it's, it's just been an amazing ride on all different platforms. And I love, do it. you get, do you get a lot of fans like tuning in and giving you information? Like obviously lingerie fighting is interesting because there's women that fight in the UFC mm-hmm. and you know, there's women that fight in this lingerie football football i keep saying football fighting league um what what's the idea behind that i think the idea is um it's very empowering for what girls and i mean you have mma you have wrestling you have a lot of backgrounds in kickboxing jiu-jitsu what have you all very combative nature and i've had a couple fans on like my last guest uh, stephanie ferreira who is a part of muscle sport magazine and writes the sex and relationships column like she's a fan of it and she finds it very empowering for women i love interacting and having fans on the show as well because we get to see their mindset get their aspect of what they think of the product obviously some are going to like it some are not going to like it because because they feel, oh, you know, it's just girls in lingerie, but they don't understand what really goes into it. Or they just don't like it just because they think it's exploiting women. But I'm like, it's a different appeal. It's like Shannon Knapp's promotion. Uh, I mean, I see it. It's like uh, it's just a little bit more of like a salesy approach with a lingerie type thing. I get it. I mean, these women are hot. They look great. Oh, my goodness. And that's the thing, too, man, like Invicta's promotion, Shannon Knapp's promotion. I mean, look at it like that. It's women's mixed martial arts, but with a little bit less clothing. I mean, look at where people are. <laughs> yeah, look at Invicta, man. It's Amanda Nunez who was there, and, and you know, she went on to UFC. Shayna Baszler and Jessamyn Duke who went on to WWE and their NXT brand. Oh, okay, so do you see a lot of transition in this? Like, so you see a lot of girls that come and fight, and they're getting their reps, and they're getting their promotion in this lingerie fighting championships and then they move on to like WWF and UFC. 
I would say so, man. I mean, there. I'll be honest with you. I'm not going to spoil it for people. I want your listeners to go to LaundryFC.com. You will notice a lot of girls that you see that are on the roster have gone on to WWE and many other wrestling promotions. That's cool. Okay. All right. I get it. So it's like another like uh, outlet for women fighters to go ahead and train because obviously they're training. I mean, you can't just fucking willy-nilly fight. So you're talking about Hold on. You're talking about some like real fighting that goes on. And, you know, I want to like my coach, he's a professional mixed martial arts fighter, jujitsu, black belt. And fighters are interesting, man. And they're tough as nails. And the way they think about life is really intricate. So, like, I hand it to them. And if they can flaunt what they got to during this shit, go ahead. Of course. More power, more power to you. Hell yeah. Exactly. And you're not wrong also with lingerie football league because I also equate it to the LFL. Like one of our prospects, Ty Emery, is an LFL all-star. She competed in Australia. Mm. Like lingerie football league, it's beautiful girls, but, you know, they're kicking the shit out of each other in football. One of the alumni of LFL is a woman by the name of Danielle Monet, who would later go on to be Summer Rae in the WWE. So you see a lot of girls competing LFL, LFC that use it. It's promotion, it's outlets, and you see them go on to other endeavors. But you see a lot of great talent that want to compete in this and i love it man we have calendars we have a lot of great from a marketing and merchandising standpoint it really makes for a hell of a company so there's a like i'm watching this video right now from the lfc 20 sizzle reel yes sir and like so there's hair pulling that goes on mm-hmm. and obviously like real takedowns what like what are the rules like what what can they do and what can't they do so you can't know there's no punching in the face, but you could do takedowns like you see there. There's hair pulling. Obviously, they're going to get a warning and there's kicks. There's strikes, but there's no uh, <laughs> to the face because obviously CTE and stuff. So we can't really do face. OK, so it's not like actual UFC fighting like that. It's it's a combination of wrestling and takedowns. But this is real shit. It's not like they're faking anything. Well, absolutely not, man. I mean, these girls, there's been injuries to ribs and legs and what have you. They're, they kick the shit out of each other. It's MMA and pro wrestling mixed, but without striking to the face, if that makes sense. Without OK, yeah, 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 yeah. Makes sense. That makes sense. Interesting. <laughs> and then they were in lingerie and then there's just butts out everywhere. There's a and lot boom. of malfunctions that do happen, Danny. Yes. Uh, I bet there is. The, I mean, they're coming out in bra and panties. It's lingerie. Right. Yes. Holy shit. I just watched this one girl like choke, choke a bitch out. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, man. Rear naked chokes, your leg locks, your takedowns, everything that you can all in one. But with a sex appeal. So do you find that like there like maybe like obviously there are some of these girls that are trained and skilled fighters. But do you find some of these girls that don't have like a background in martial arts at all and they're just in like the entertainment field and they hurt themselves really bad have you have you come across that at all i will say this there's a lot of people that have done modeling and have done in in the entertainment world i will say this a little bit of adult entertainment but what's interesting about that danny is a lot of these girls who they've done we've had that have been in the adult entertainment industry they actually work their asses off and they kill it i mean we yeah but if you're if you're fighting a trained killer and you don't have you know what i mean yeah it's it's really interesting because like we get there's got to be some of the crossover yes there is a lot of crossover with that i mean but it's it's really interesting just to see the sex appeal and everything mixed into it. Now, mind you, a lot of the girls that we have now have actually, like, for instance, Lauren the Animal Fogel, LFL All-Star, 
have come from combative natures. Uh, Jesse El Toro Santos, for example, done actual MMA fights and have killed it. There's a lot of people that transition to it, and it's wonderful. So I think everybody's background is different, and uh, I think a lot. And of- that's the thing when you got somebody who's like a Muay Thai champ, and then you know they're really pretty, and they come in here and it's like I gotta wear lingerie, and then I can go get some practice and fuck some of these girls up, and then they're you know fighting a you know somebody that was a playboy model that doesn't have a background or she has you know an experience in in uh adult porn or like uh whatever you know modeling and then they go and they fight a real killer jesus well i think what's interesting is a lot of those bouts don't last long i mean you see them get a couple shots but then of course <laughs> man but yeah there's also they're putting in they're in there with veterans that know what they're doing and i can protect them so i mean it, it doesn't last very long yeah well i mean it's interesting because somebody gets fucked up I, i'm sure that there's people that that scout and are like yeah. okay obviously the talent and matching up talent the right way because that's important but then you need you need a skilled like person who's analyzing fighters i'm sure that how long has this league been going on Man, this has been going on since like 2013, 2014, 2015, like 2013, man. And it's just been rising. I mean, there's the LFC reality series we've seen exposed like 2015 and on. I mean, we're on a lot of great platforms, whether it be VOD, whether it be MMA TV Live in the United Kingdom. Dude, it's it's growing and growing and growing. It's amazing. Yeah, there's fights on all the time for sure. That's awesome. Thank you. Like I said, I love what I do. I mean, I love doing this with you as well because it gets to see like progression in both of us as human beings in the podcasting show. But man, it's it's amazing. It truly is. It's a great time. Fuck yeah! I just watched some girl get kicked in the back, <laughs> just like straight kicked in the back. That's legal. Yes, you can do that. <laughs> it happens. We get a lot of kick shots, man. The only thing that like, I mean, you'll get a warning and stuff, but you really just can't punch in the face. That's the main thing. Dude, you can really get fucked up if you get kicked in the back like that. Holy shit. Correct. I'm I'm watching these clips right now. Oh, my God. And then, you know, their underwear just right up their butt. There you go. Not bad. Not bad. So um, where do you guys do your live events at? A lot of the live events that you see with Lingerie Fighting Championship, I mean, back in when I started, I just got involved recently, but knowing the history, knowing the background in Lingerie Fighting Championship, uh, LFC 24 was in Slovakia. That was the one international event. Most of them are in Vegas. There was one in Kansas, but it's mainly Vegas, uh, Samstown Casino, uh, the Nerd Bar in uh, Neonopolis on Fremont Street, uh, the Seamless Ultra Lounge. So a lot of them really take place in Las Vegas. That's great. Now I'm just, I'm watching them like come out to the ring mm-hmm. and i got it's cool it's like there's a mix of like the showmanship and then the fucking brawling and it's not i mean it's legit like fighting <laughs> i mean some girls are more skilled than others and and approach it differently but it's it's really interesting it's entertaining that's for sure it is danny i hope to see you at a future event now that you're talking about this i hope to see you there we'll, we'll shoot the breeze like i'm that. just think yeah i'm thinking about like how fun an event would be do you go to the events in vegas or what uh, I'm going to be going in there in the future. Obviously, right now we can't because of what's been going on in the world, but I aim to be a future. Oh, yeah. Okay. So this is going to be something you're going to be calling live or what? Uh, I could do the I do the podcast live, man. I got my equipment. So, yeah, I'll probably be doing something live, whether it be judging or what have you. I'll be around. <laughs> this is great, man. This is like, I don't know. I, mean, I could probably watch this for a while. Dude, if you go to LaundryFC.com and become a VIP member, and I urge your listeners to <laughs> watch it on video on demand, there's a lot of great events there, man. I mean, these girls are good looking. If you like, you know what I mean? Like, geez. 
that's the thing, man. You have a lot of cutie beauties. Again, the beauty strength, the dominant aspect that I always bring. But that's not just the name of a podcast. It's my mindset, Danny. Two of my biggest influences are my mother and my grandmother. So appreciation <laughs> of women. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm all about empowering all people. Yes, sir. I mean, like, like you know, the Egyptians and, you know, in the, and I'm going to fucking butcher this, but for sure, I know that the men worshiped the women. That's why they had like the, the, not, I guess not wigs, but they were in costumes that had emulation to what women or mimicked what women look like. That's why they had like long hair and, and all that. And, um, I mean, they bring life into the world. It doesn't get any fucking crazier than that. It doesn't, man. And I think a lot of people don't realize the women's job just, you know, you bring this life into the world, whether it be going through pregnancy or what have you. It's the women's, it's just the great to see like women's empowerment, whether it be with their jobs, whether it be from an athletic standpoint, it's just great to see how women have just overcome through each and everything that's been going through them. I and each and us, as we call this thing called life, man. They fucking bring life into the world, bro. Yes, man. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's why I'm so grateful for like my mother, man, because a lot of people don't, I'll be honest with you. A lot of people don't appreciate what we see from the art of women, just what the, how they bring life into the world, like you mentioned. And it's just wonderful, man. Let's, let's go deeper. Where do you think, like when you talked about God earlier, what's your definition of God? And like, do you feel comfortable going in that direction and talking about Oh, yeah. like creator creation do you like and and going deep into the story of what the fuck reality even is so my uh interpretation of god is uh someone who doesn't judge someone who looks for people who they are as a overall being now mind you have i done some things in my life that i'm not proud of of course dude we're not perfect beings I'm come on I know, but it's just, I think he forgives. I think there is forgiveness. And I think that, you know, I've, I've repented my sins and I truly believe that there is a afterlife. I truly believe there's a God and that there's a heaven and that there's a hell for people. But yeah, I'm just, I'm very spiritual like that, man. Hmm. Deep. No, dude, I like, I like thinking about angles of God from, like I said, I like thinking about God from all different angles. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not religious at all. Okay. But I think about God as the source of all things and, and the source of energy. energy. Do you hear me repeating myself? Do you hear that echoing? Oh, no, I heard you fine. Oh, I, I heard an echo on my headphones. Anyway, like I think of God as the source of all things in the cosmos. Like I think of reality as um, the individual's ability to manifest their internal world as an external piece so everything that's happening in your external world is just a manifestation of what your inner world is does that make sense yes and you know what it is too whether it be cosmos or what have you i think each and every body that's why i was talking about the purpose i think everybody has a purpose with what we do in life and i think it's amazing just to see how the evolution of us as people and where we go and what mm. we, we all learn from our mistakes so Okay, so how do you how do you classify unconditional love? Unconditional love. Uh, I think just love is the most beautiful thing in the world. I mean, obviously, how could you not survive without love, that admiration and that passion that you have for one's overall being? Can it be a little bit clingy at times and can people go overboard with it? Yes. But I think if you actually truly love someone and that you could wake up in the morning and know that this is someone that you want to spend the rest of your life with and that you have that general connection with, I think it's wonderful someone or a creation what about creation creativity 
right? So we talked about like creating life and the cosmos, like the ultimate creator that is God, the source. But then it comes to like a human being creating shit. What the fuck is creation? What's inspiration? Unconditional love. I think it's all linked in the same line of energy. And I think energy should be looked at on a spectrum, right? So let's say God is the, let's say, uh, let's look at a, a finite piece of energy from point A to point B. And in that structure, God is the whole thing and love is on the tail end and like evil and hatred is on the other end. And like, it's a spectrum that exists. Are you following me on that? Am I getting too deep? No, dude, you're totally fine. I mean, I think there's good and evil in everybody, but I'd like to surround myself with good people and positive energy. I mean, Hell yeah, bro. That's the energy that you have to have with people. And I mean, a lot of people get caught up in negativity. They go down good roads, bad roads. But I think if you could find your way back and find yourself and find your purpose and your path, it's wonderful because it comes all comes full circle and you get to learn from your mistakes. Bingo, bingo. Like your path, your purpose, your passion, it's a loving one. Right. So you look for that love in your relationships. You look for that same type of love and feeling in your creations. And if you do that, you'll be able to heal from within. And thus, the things that you do and the way you behave and the way you interact with people make this reality for you. Right. Exactly. So, right. So, like, our internal is a reflection, dude. It's a direct reflection of the external and vice versa. Then, and that's what I, that process right there. And what, what, like we're just talking, we've been talking about like being better self-awareness, right? Learning from your mistakes. That's something you've said multiple times in this podcast already. I think that journey is an important one. And I feel like that one in itself is a spiritual journey it because is. the more, the more you learn about yourself, the more it, impacts the way you want to think about your behaviors and how those behaviors impact people and so on the mighty circle goes right of course and i mean i look at myself like i'll be honest with you danny this year is my 10-year reunion of uh since i graduated high school like me i'm I'm still you're such a young buck dude yeah (laughs) dude it's it's one are you even 30 yet how old are you i'm gonna be 28 in april wow (laughs) <laughs> you're Dude, a young man i am a young man but i i, I mean I, I i am too i'm not i'm not an old man either i'm i'm 31 years old we're in the fucking prime dude yes we are brother <laughs> this is this is the prime time because like this is like do you look at things ever archetypally <sighs> you know what it is too the way i look at things is like we were talking about reflection and, and like i was gonna say like i'm still that kid that was nerdy who loves music pop culture wrestling i'm still that guy and i just look at myself where where i've been from 2010 to 2020 uh i just i look at it just like man the the steps that you take to make yourself better and you were talking about awareness i just look at things like bettering myself and just me just being overall happy if you're not happy then why do why not good boom yeah no fuck yeah you're like that's because you're doing your you're doing your thing you still hear me mm-hmm. yeah oh, i hear you I, I can't hear myself in my headphones now what the fuck anyway but like yeah you're doing your thing and because you're doing your thing you're expressing yourself in a loving way and it's bringing you to the path that you're you're onto and that's that's healthy and you're you're sticking to what ignites you and you learn that when you were fucking young and that's huge yeah it's so important you have you have to be positively proactive and what you're doing mm-hmm. you know you have to be proactive. positively proactive you should fucking trademark that 
I am, I will probably try about positively proactive PPA. It, it really helps with life. If you, if you're proactive, if you're doing something, don't sit on the couch, don't lay in bed. You have to get up, go out there, go outside, do something clean, whatever you do that makes you do your thing that's proactive. As long as you're doing it a positive manner, not hurting anybody right on, just do what you yeah, do. Yeah, sure. Do you uh, have a protocol? Do you have like a, a daily task list? Do you write shit down on paper? Do you ever do any of that? So being an epileptic and having 15 staples in your head and five seizures, uh, I do it daily, man. Just, I have to write shit down sometimes. So I don't forget just, you know, you get up, you know, brush your teeth, go out, go get the mail, eat some breakfast, do what have you go out to the store, go for a run. You know, just, it's what you have to do, do stuff around the house, clean the house. That's awesome. So it's, Thank you. It's just the daily grind. I mean, helping out your parents, doing this. You have to be in. It just just repeat the same stuff over and over again, and it and it helps, man. It helps me through with what I've gone through in my life with my epilepsy, but it helps still just being who I am, even before I've had seizures. This is what who I was, and being the work ethic that my parents instilled yeah. in me uh, from such a young age. So I mean, yeah. Do you mind? Do you grind. mind talking a little bit about what that's like living like with epilepsy? And maybe explaining a little bit to the listeners of like how that affects your life uh, regularly. What's interesting about epilepsy is it's strobe lights. It's just anything lights flickering, flashing, it'll trigger something in your brain. And it just, it just, you go down, you seize. Um, Luckily I've not had the foam coming out the mouth part, but I have bitten my Mm -hmm. tongue. Uh, Mine from video games, man, just playing a video game. It was a, it was a wrestling game. (laughs) I just, it was the it's the lights. Of course, it's a wrestling game, but yeah, no, it's uh, it's lights. Just it, it that's what did it. I was out. Uh, my father came in, and I'll, he was just telling me to squeeze my hand, squeeze his hand. That was the one thing I remember. That and then EMTs looking around me, and I just freaked out. And then I realized I bit my tongue when I got to the hospital, and fucking like it just it. I was on medicine. And then I was thinking, okay, let me play this game again because I'm on medicine. Medicine helps. Then I wound up having another seizure. That's where the 15 staples comes in. But yeah, having five seizures from 2007 to the summer of 2008 and haven't had one in 12 years, which is fucking awesome. But yeah, it's difficult because you feel like, you know what? Oh, I can't do certain things. I can't drive for maybe like two years, but I have a license. You know, it's, it's, oh, it's something in life that you feel is a setback, but it's really not. It's just something, it's an obstacle that you have to overcome and don't let it define who you are as an overall. That's person. fucking awesome. What a good attitude you have, bro. That's great. So I hope that, and I really hope like we're doing this podcast. And like I said, I love coming on your show. I hope this really goes with your listeners. Whoever has epilepsy, whoever is having obstacles, man, just re- go fucking above and beyond mm. doing, just go above and beyond. it. That's really inspiring, dude. Hell yeah. That's great. Now, um, you said that you haven't been driving or how often do you drive? Well, I drive uh, mostly just to the store and back and just whenever I need to go, like to get some stuff and work and what mm-hmm. have you and just go out. And I work mostly from home, like I do social media managing for LFC and I do the podcast. So most of my stuff is at home, but I just drive to the store and it's nice. Take a nice little drive down the Ocean Boulevard here in Myrtle Beach uh, by the beach and just, you know, it's nice. But that's what I like, man. Just driving out. You're in the nice hot sun man. you're by the beach. You know, you're just Myrtle driving. Beach. Let, that's let, nice, bro. That's where you live. It is. It's South Carolina, man. I mean, I've been here. Um, we've had this house since 1998. We finally moved into it um, about two years ago. So I'm happy being down here. I have family down here. I have family in New York. So it's great to go back and forth. I mean, the plane ride's not that bad. It's about an hour and a half. I live seven minutes from the fucking airport <laughs> down here. So it's, it's convenient, man. That's awesome. Do you, uh, 
practice regular exercise or meditation or anything like that? Does that have a good effect on you? I meditate. I think that's what helps. You know, I just, I just sit in very quietly in the middle of my room here. You know, I just sit down, I just, you know, focus eyes and ears closed. And then I just let it go for about an hour. Wow. How often do you do that? How many times a week? Probably I'll say maybe three to five times a day, three to five times a week. week? That's fucking awesome. That's good. And I think that's a game changer. Is it not? For me, it's a dude, it's a game changer. I've, it's helped me so much in just like how I, um, like how calm I can be in a shitstorm. Like when I was younger, I used to be very like high tempered and irritated, and I can still be like irritated some. Like, but I, I'm just like higher, like way higher level of aware of that. You know what I'm saying? And I'm way more calm, and I stick to my guns, especially like in a time where there's a fucking crisis now. Right. And it's crazy. You just have to figure out your way to support your family. And when your back's against the wall, do you get crazy? Do you panic or do you quietly and tamely adjust and stick to your guns? You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like meditation has taught me to just, don't worry. It's all fucking supposed to be fun. Anyway, just figure it out. It's part of the, it's part of the life lesson. I've been there where I've gotten like, oh man, like you freak out, but then you have to assess the situation and you're pretty much like self there being self therapeutic with oneself. Wait a minute. minute. Let's assess this. Let's calm down. Let's figure it out in a nice passion and just go, you know, just don't overthink it and just let it flow and just focus on what you need. You know what I call that? That is a relationship with your soul. That's what I like to think of it as. Because like you get intuitive, like you get an intuition about a feeling or like a situation. And when you rely on that and understand that and you can like learn to communicate with that higher level of awareness, I think that's what that is. That's the relationship with your soul. Like Rudolf Steiner has a whole seven step process on understanding the soul and the levels of soul evolution. It's so interesting because... I'm a pattern guy. I pay attention to people's patterns and, and how they talk and like kind of pay attention to what your reality is. Like you're a guy that's connected to his passions and doing something that's really healthy. And it's awesome. You have a really positive mindset. And I always like bring it back to one's level of self-awareness. And it sounds like through the, what you're telling me, this back and forth conversation you have with yourself, that's a high, that's a high level thing. I think it's cool. Thank you. And I look at it like this. Like I remember watching my freshman year, Mr. Falkman, East Islip High School, one Redmond Street, Islip Terrace, New York. Just I'm sitting there in the class. He put on Gandhi, the film from the 80s. And I've always enjoyed Gandhi, you know, the civil, what he was about with civil disobedience and peace and nonviolence. Like that's how I Me like too. to do Me it, too. man. And just go fucking crazy over shit. But I'm like, let's actually talk about talk about it, you know, assess the situation. Let's try to have a better common ground, a better understanding. Let's do business with one another. I'm all about united, not divided. So, I mean, I think if we could come Huge. together and have that common ground. Huge. Wonderful. Have you ever gotten to fight before? Fuck. Um, <laughs> since sixth grade, uh, coming out of Mistress Letzka's class in a uh, music class in Rusi Kenny Elementary School, uh, there was this kid. Uh, his name was John. Uh, I'm still friends with Dude, fuck John. <laughs> <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> so what happened was he 
stole my notebook and he was running around with it around class. And I'm like, okay, this is funny. He's being a joke. But after a while, it just got annoying. So I kind of grabbed him from behind and we both went down and there was a desk next to us. And I kind of like, we went into the desk a little bit. So I kind of grabbed him almost like you saw in that video, like a rear naked choke type of deal. And we kind of fell back. So yeah, it got, it got heated. And I got one day of ISS for that in school. In school suspension. Yes. And that was it. That was your last fight. That was it, man. Everything else has been peaceful and smooth ever since. Yeah, I'm the same way. I am not a fucking fighter. But somebody depanced me in gym class when I was in seventh grade, and we fought. And uh, it wasn't fun because he depanced me with my underwear, too, bro. In gym, you can't do that, okay? That's like, think about being freeballing in the middle of the fucking gym, and there's everybody around. (laughs) I had one similar. I had one similar instance when we were doing like the mile run around the track and this dude just all of a sudden just slaps me on my butt. And I looked at him like, don't fucking slap me on my ass ever again. Just like, no, it's just, it's all right. That's uh, that's like locker room stuff though. It's just like, yo, what up, bro? It is. Yeah, it is. But you know what it is? Like, (laughs) don't slap my fucking ass. I understand what they were doing, but I'm like, don't fucking slap my ass. dude. I used to play college football. Right. And got fucking college football boys they're just, you know 21 20 years old full of testosterone hitting it the, we, we all have to shower after practice there is so many jokes played on one another in the locker room it's fucking crazy dude uh, that's me east Bethel high school and freaking going in the college there sal champy i mean this is the same guy where boomer esiason came from and he, where he went to i mean that's what's big about east Bethel high school is boomer esiason went to the high fucking boomer yeah but yeah that's just yeah i get it i totally get it from the high school and college football standpoint anyway uh yeah we're going we're this is a fun conversation where uh so like how often are you doing events for the fighting championship the lingerie fighting championship what's interesting about lfc is we had one over a year ago and unfortunately things have happened where we've had to cancel with the venues and sean has dealt with a lot of stuff but i mean we were supposed to have one valentine's day and unfortunately got canceled. Um, and then, you know, we were supposed to have one on April 20th, 420. But due to the coronavirus, we had to cancel. So the next ones look to be on a June 6th mm. is the plan. Mm. And then October 31st for Halloween. Oh, sweet. So what are your thoughts on 420? Are you smoking that weed, bro? I'll be honest with you, dude. I, I'm clean. I don't smoke weed. I don't drink. I don't do nothing. But I do have friends that do. And I suggest, you know, just be safe with what you do, whether you get drunk, whether you get high, what have you. It's not my thing, but I do have friends. That have do. you have you ever gotten high before? No. Oh, so you never know. You don't know what weed is like for you. I don't. Hmm. What about CBD? Nope. Interesting. Why? It just wasn't my thing, and I think how do you know? Uh, I'm not saying to do it. By the way, don't listen to me. I'm just, I'm just oh, trying yeah, to ask, like, how do you know something's not your thing if you never tried it? I, I've seen the effects just on people, and I've been around people that were high, and I just, I was like, no, I, I just, I couldn't do it. And I'm not, I'm, I'm just, not, I'm not trying to change your mind here, but let me just, let me just oh, no, pull that advocate. It affects people individually, right? So, like, just because it, it affects somebody in this way. It doesn't mean it's going to have the same effect on you and vice versa. So like for me, for example, I love the cognitive enhancing part of it. So like I'll take a couple and I'm not telling you, I'm not trying to convince you. I'm just playing devil's advocate, right? And having a good conversation, educating people about cannabis and how it could be effective for you possibly. But that's an individual thing. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, so uh, for me, the cognitive effects 
I think are super su substantial, beneficial for podcasts, for writing and being creative as fuck. And I was just like you, I didn't smoke weed until I was 26 years old. Okay. Damn. 26. I never touched weed. I mean, yeah. Okay. I had a couple hits and I was just like, ah, it's funny. Like you're joking around. But until I was done playing college football, I was 25. No, not 26, 25. And then I started smoking weed just like once a month and being like, oh, it's interesting because it's not what I thought. You know, I thought it was like this, this destruction thing. And then little by little you start because you're a really connected soul, dude. Just by the way, by the way that you talk, you're definitely a connected soul. I wonder if it would have a positive impact on you. Not to say to do it, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. I totally get it, man. I've had this conversation with people and I've always just, and I know I've never tried it, but I've just, I've seen the effects on people. I'm just not a fan of the whole, the munchies thing yeah. and everybody laughing. The munchies. It's just, it's, the munchies. But you know, it's just, it's never been my thing. I just never was like, Hey, I want to smoke weed or I want to smoke a cigarette. I want to have a drink. I just, I'm very clean with what yeah, I put into I my body. With water. What yeah. about like, uh, speaking of clean to your body, what kind of, uh, junk food do you like? What's your, yeah, what's your uh, go-to, your guilty pleasure? You're putting me on the spot right. here, man. But I, I love, I love, I love me some Chips Ahoy cookies, man. I love me some Chips Ahoy chewy. The cookies. chewy, the red fucking box, bro. Hell yes. I feel you. I'm with you on the red box. The red box, the chewy cookies. I, I can eat oh, like three or four rolls of that stuff. It's dangerous. It is. It's very dangerous. It can be very addicting. But yeah, that's my choice, <laughs> sir. Man, I. Friendly's ice cream, man. Just having some Friendly's ice friendly? cream. What, what's Friendly? Chocolate. Friendly, the grocery store? No, Friendly's is a uh, ice cream store. Oh, is that in South Carolina? There's it's in South Carolina. It's <clears> in <throat> a lot of places, like East Coast and stuff like that. There was one in New York, but I think it unfortunately closed. But yeah, no, Friendly's, it's, it's an ice cream place. It kind of has like a 50s type vibe. You get a little, a little nice little stuff, like little picture Johnny Rockets, but with like more ice cream. I got it. I got the image. That's a good image. I, I see you. It's like a nice date spot. You take a girl, <clears throat> get some ice cream. You know what I'm saying? All right. I, I feel there you. Go. So ice cream and, and cookies. Dude, I'm an ice cream and cookies kind of guy too. Do you like uh, churros? Churros are all right. I've had a couple. They're not bad. Do you like Nutella chocolate? I do like Nutella Yeah, chocolate. Nutella is my fucking jam. I haven't had, listen, I haven't had that in a long time. Nutella specifically, but I, I'll have cookies here and there. What I found is that like when you could understand how sugar has an effect on your body and like understand how much of it you actually need. And like if if you're at a desirable body fat type, like I found that when I was in like my mid 20s, I thought that I wasn't as lean as I wanted to be and really cutting back on sugar helped me cut a lot of unwanted body fat and then once you start to reintroduce sugar back into your diet regularly you understand how much or how little actually has a positive or negative effect on you it's really interesting it is i mean for me like ah, you know what it is too? i'm like I like my sweets, but you know, I can live without them, man. I like, I enjoy like the occasional bagel. I love bagels. I've been loving bagels since I was a kid. Like you just give me something that's good. Maybe like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or a banana or something, man. I like it. It's the classics and it just, it makes me feel good. It's, it's not like over the top, but I mean, just give me a nice little sandwich. Yeah, you don't have to be over the top, but it's also good to enjoy the pleasures that life throws our way. You know? Hell yeah. 
Hell yes. It's important. It's part of it's part of living and living fully. Like we're talking about living through a passionate life and you're doing the podcast. We're doing podcasts, bro. You know, we're making money doing podcasts. Like although the podcast for me hasn't directly paid me, it's opened up a crazy amount of doors so that I could pay myself and fund my shit. You know what I'm saying? Oh. Same here. I mean, when you have what you do and you can inspire and encourage, like we mentioned, and, and people want to work with you for what you do and what yeah, you represent. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. And it gives you a lot of great avenues. Yeah, for sure. I feel like I don't feel like everyone should start a podcast. Well, maybe maybe they should. But anybody that has a, a goal to like succeed in a business or brand development or anything, it doesn't matter like what the the genre of or subject that you want to get into for a work you know a work related endeavor or fulfilling a dream or whatever the fucking reason is like to have a network and build and establish a network whether it's online or in person or whatever is extremely valuable and in a time like this the coronavirus time the early roaring 20s the roaring 20s of the 2000s of the new millennia this corona fucking bacteria that's eating up the world and scaring the fucking piss of everybody, right? It's scaring everybody to the high heavens. And there's a middle ground here, right? We have to be concerned about this thing. But at the same time, like, we have to question the validity of all of this and how people respond to all of this and how... Uh, the immunity will build up over time and how this is going to literally flatline and how we have to balance the way that we feel f versus like extremely fearful that we're going to get it and contaminate people. And when do we know it's safe enough so that we can go about building our economy back to where we need it to fucking go. Right. It's in order to let, to live and survive. Like if we go another two months, three months without shops being open and, and everyone having to stay home, like it's not going to be pretty, right? Of course. And I mean, I think with what we're doing now is we, I mentioned the positively proactive podcast, do something that makes you happy and stay proactive during oh, this time. Right. But yeah, we need, we need shit to get back together yeah. just so again, so we can pay our bills, we can support ourselves. It's just, it, it needs to change. It needs, we need to yeah. get everything back. Yeah. I also think like it, it, it's the way of the universe, like resetting everything. Like people get, way too comfortable with shit they start complaining about everything and we start to divide versus unite and we've been dividing for a very long time and it's gotten to this point where this celebrity it becomes a president of the united states it's like we're living in a fucking crazy movie is what we're doing you know uh outrage culture and and, and people getting pissed and what you know as a high school teacher uh we'd have to listen to all sorts of people when it comes to the outside fear basing, uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is like the whole um, poor me culture, right? It's, it's just mm -hmm. not a healthy way. Like if I'm going to complain, I'm going to get my way. And it's just like, that's not the way structure society should be structured. Anyway, like it's a reset what's happening now. And you're talking about positive productivity. What's it? What was the hashtag? positive pro uh positive pro well i said to be positive positively proactive. proactive that's what it was like yeah if we're gonna be positively proactive i also think that there's something good very good that's gonna come out of this we're gonna reevaluate the way we 
spend our time and how much we actually value our time. It's going to force us to reevaluate how we talk to one another and all of this and how we run systems and how we run the economy again. Like it's going to force everybody to look at life in a different way. And the people who adjust are going to make it. And the people who are going to complain and bitch and fucking not do anything about it are the ones that are going to get crushed in a lot of different ways. So like when you were talking about, you know, a celebrity being the president, I've always said like with Donald Trump becoming the president of the United States, I said, the country is not a fucking reality show. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's not like it, we have to take shit seriously. It's not a reality show. Not everything could be fake news and not everything could be wrong. I mean, let's actually focus on this and not there's a light at the end of the tunnel when a lot of shit is happening right now and we need shit to get fixed so people can get back to work and kick ass and do what they do with every endeavor that they have. But you have to stay proactive and you have to, you know, have a great mindset and know you can weather the storm, whether it be coronavirus, whether whatever it can be. There's a light, like you mentioned, at the end of the tunnel, but let's actually fix what the fuck is going on before we can see that light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a while before we fix anything. Hell yeah, man. Uh, it's strange. It's a strange time. But like I said, it, it's going to be a time of opportunity at, this, at the same time. Like there's going to be a shift in how we view things, like I was saying. And there has to be or else like, there has to be, right? There has to be a, there has to be a shift in how things play out, how we look at how we spend time with one another and how we value work and money and all of this, right? Because right now it's it was just being it's just thrown away. People's four hundred one ks and think the stock the stock market, which I know nothing about. It's a, you know what I mean. It's just it's, like all this economic shit that I don't I don't really have much uh, education on. All I'm looking at is is like our value in exchange for currency or service and how we add value to the community and all that stuff. Like we're gonna be forced to look at things more tribalistically. I think. Oh, I agree. And I just, like I said, everything is just so screwed up right now that we have to assess things differently. We have to do something to just, like I said, it's the shift, man. It's the shift of what we can do to help fix what we have going on, whether it be economy. And again, I don't know anything about the stock market either, so I agree. But we have to assess shit financially and what have you. So it's just, it's going to be a very interesting time going forward in the year. Interesting yet optimistic, Michael, right? Interesting, but yet optimistic. Yes, Danny. the glass is half full. We're gonna get, we're gonna make it through this, and it's gonna be good. And it's because of people like you that are promoting a good message. Where can people find uh, your show and get a hold of you if they want to? Oh, dude, I'm all over the place, man. You could check me out on Twitter at SMShow1 or at MCL92. You could check me out with Lingerie Fighting Championships. That's beauty, strength, and dominance, the three key elements that make women the work of art that they are on SoundCloud, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Anchor. Um, wherever you get Google Play, wherever you get your podcasting needs, just type in Lingerie Fighting Championships, Beauty, Strength, and Dominance. My name will come up or go to LingerieFC.com. Go to StephenMikeShow.com where you could check out my pop culture shows, my On the Mic with Mike shows. Danny, you were a guest on my pop culture show, so go listen to that on StephenMikeShow.com. There's a lot of great uh, content. There's a lot of great shows. So I hope everybody enjoys Lingerie Fighting Championships and yours truly. We got a lot to look forward to. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for uh, stopping by today and having a good conversation. This was fun, bro. My pleasure. Anytime you want me back, we'll definitely do this, and I'll get you back on my show as well. Sounds good, bro. Anytime. Let's uh, set something up for the future, all right? Will do. Thank you, Danny.
And that was the podcast, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let's connect on Instagram at Danny Cola Fitness, where you can learn a handful of steel mace, kettlebell, mobility movements. And if you go to dannycolafitness.com, you'll get my three-part video series on how to build strength with the kettlebell, get mobile with some body weight movements, and learn a few breathing techniques to get my nervous system into more of a rest and digest state. So you need to click on the Optimize Your Wellness tab on the website and it'll take you straight to the three-part video series. Thank you so much for tuning in. Share this podcast with somebody that you love. Like it, rate it, review it. And that's it. I hope to connect soon and look out for the next episode featuring Kyle Langan.